Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Starting Grid Podcast. And I know you're probably thinking right off rip, who is this other guy's voice? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm used to seeing Shane's voice through the intro for this thing. It's actually Roan Katie here on the mic today because my guy Shane is busy with things today. So we have my guy Robbie coming in for the sub. We got, we got, we got a call in Robbie coming in off the bench today to be my co-host today. Robbie, how you doing, my guy? Feels great to be here. A room literally texted me about half an hour ago after I did did, did some uh, ESPN camera work today. A room texted me, he jumped on the pod. I'm like, absolutely, I got time. So here I yeah. am, ready to get to dive right into this uh, qualifying. That was a lot of fun to watch for me, for sure. Yeah, dude's dude's an absolute legend in these starting grid streets. Bro, bro had the most insane rant about the bicycle stuff. I, I already like forgot about. I, it. I knew you're gonna bring that up. I knew you're gonna bring that up. <laughs> I it mean, like, Robbie Bay's a little moment. seasoning and the bicycle, bro. Like, who else wouldn't have thought that? Like, there was, there's no, not giving you a more iconic episode than Shane breaking out of his shell and going on that rant, oh my and then God. me following that with the bicycle. No, so that was make that, sure you go check out that episode was absolutely insane, sure. bro. Like, I think, I think it was what the like the was it Belgium or Hungary or it might have been before that. I forgot. What I have no. I think I'm on with Hungary. Yeah, it was it was hungry. So listen, y'all gotta go check out that hungry episode because me, Shane, and Robbie were going all of them. A lot of things. We were doing a lot of things that episode, but it was a lot of fun. So go check that out if you haven't already. It was it was a blast from all three of us. I think I think we can speak on our behalf about that for sure. Absolutely. All right. So let's just kind of get all that stuff out of the way first. Cause we because we're we're coming in here to get some business done. We got to talk about today's qualifying and I swear to you, if there is any qualifying to do a podcast about, it is this one right here. Both Red Bulls don't even get into Q3 when all they've been doing is winning Grand Prix all season long and they've been topping the qualifying charts the whole year. Like, this was a shell shock to me. But at the same time, though, I think we got to bring it back to last year, though, because I think specifically for Verstappen, I think he had some like problems last year. I think he had like a P7, P8 and qualifying. So I think just the last couple of years, that Rebel is just not really doing well in that Singapore track. But at least Perez was there to cover for him and win that Grand Prix the next day. But Perez didn't do that great either. So when you have a, both Red Bulls in a P11 and P13 to start the Grand Prix tomorrow, that should create for some insane controversy. But I'm already talking too much. Robbie, get in here and uh, put your thoughts on this. Well, to be fair, uh, Checo can now make another run for driver of the day and just move up seven places again. I can make my joke all over again. But this is what's interesting, and this is what I said on my podcast yesterday. If like I talked briefly talked about Verstappen yesterday, and I made this comment. I don't even remember why I made this. It was one of the earlier episodes I was on. I think it was Miami. There's give me not many chances for other teams not named Red Bull to win a race. If there's any time you want to go and make a move, this is your time to shine. And originally I was, I said it yesterday, I was high on Piastri yesterday. And what did he do? He jumps into a nice cool P17. So maybe I shouldn't have been high on him, but there's a lot of interesting names that could be in the mix. But back to Red Bull, what are they doing, man? I mean, Verstappen in P11, Perez in P13. Listen, Verstappen had a very interesting qualifying session himself. I mean, he, I mean, what did he do? He parked himself at the end of the pit lane 
She, I yeah. think he could get a penalty for that. He was impeding yeah. Sonoda's lap. I mean, there's multiple other moments that you could talk about and ask, what the heck are they doing? But yeah, man, Red Bull, not awe-inspiring, but it really opens the door for some other teams to make some big moves and possibly make that move for P2 in the constructor's standings a lot more interesting. Yeah, and I feel like other like I've talked about this in the past, especially yesterday on a radio show called Bottom of the Six on Blaze Radio. Go check it out. It's a special shout out there. But I talked about it a little bit yesterday where it's like, we have kind of Verstappen and Red Bull in the tier of their own. And then the rest of the grid is like really close together in terms of points. I think when you look at the driver's championship, I think Alonzo and Hamilton are like right in the thick of it for I think P2, P3, that area. And then when you look at the driver's championship too, like there's a lot of chaos going all over the place. So if Red Bull didn't exist as a team, this season would be like 10 times more fun than it already is right now. So I really feel like when you look at how close these teams are right now, you should give them a lot of credit for what they're doing for the table. And to kind of get back to your point about Verstappen kind of stopping in the pit lane, that was just one of the more chaotic things. Cause we got to get, take it back in Q1 because Lance Stroll crashing it on Q1, right as Piastri was about to get probably in the Q2 or, or maybe even the Q3 at some point, if like, I'm I'm kind of convinced at this point that like if Stroll hadn't done the that if Stroll hadn't done the Stroll thing and crash, then I think Piastri could have easily been right up there with Lando Norris in Q3. But I mean, I spe- we'll we'll get into McLaren in a moment. But I just I I specifically want to talk about Lance Stroll because that crash was just a crash that only Lance Stroll could pull off because that was like an absolute abomination, probably in, at least in my opinion the biggest crash of the year and the biggest crash, I think since the race in Australia where there was just like debris everywhere, I think it was Alexander Albon that had that crash and everyone was just kind of like driving past it on the, on the like gravel, trying to get past the debris that way. It was just so chaotic, but I feel like that was probably the biggest crash we've seen this year. And it created that, that to me started that whole chaotic thing, despite of what you think about rebels car. I mean, they would have done bad anyway, but I think that show crash was really what started that chaos. But Robbie, I want to hear your thoughts on that as well. I mean, when you look back at the film from the crash, she was it was the last two turns. I think it's 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. Where the, if you go on any of those curves, especially if you go from 18's inside curve to the outside curve of 19, you will spin and you will crash. Listen, Verstappen, I mean, if you look back at the film more, Verstappen's laps at the end were not very good. Want to know why? 18 and 19. Yeah. Especially his last lap. He slipped a little bit on 18 and 19. Yeah. So 18 and 19 caused a lot of issues. And at, I mean, Lance Stroll, I mean, this dude cannot get out of the news. It was like the thing with him maybe leaving for tennis and now this. I mean, this guy, man. I mean, come on. Nah, Stroll leaving. See what Alonso's done with this car? That whole story is insane. I know. But I mean, granted. Alonso, the other Aston Martin, is a P7, so they didn't go that crazy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, back to my point from earlier, if Alonso finishes any higher, he will make a run. And possibly, I think, him or Hamilton can really make a run for P3 because, like I said, the Red Bull are in the league of their own. I, I, someone's going to go and get big points, one of the two of them. But back to Stroll. Come on, man. What are we doing? It's... It's not like one of those rookie – it's a rookie mistake, essentially. I mean, granted, the new Marina Bay circuit looks great. I like Mm -hmm. that they took out that chicane because that chicane used to cause a lot of issues. 
But man, come on, dude. I mean, it's yeah. it's a rookie mistake. It's like it's like yet another face palm reaction from a guy who's had like ten thousand of those throughout his entire career. It seems like so. I think he should probably make that think about that tennis thing a little bit more often because like he is he's not been doing that well in F1 cars of late. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get past that right now. We'll just kind of go through the rest of Q1. Uh, Joe Guanyu is in P19 for the race tomorrow. Logan Sargent in P18. Oscar Piastri in P17, which we will get to him in a minute, like I said. And Valtteri Bottas in P16. I think just quickly mention here, both Alfa Romeos knocked down in Q1. I mean, again, like they, they've they had like one-off instances where they're like kind of in Q2 and like both, both of them got into Q3 a couple of races ago. But I think this is where their kind of ceiling is right now is kind of just getting knocked down in Q1 consistently and then just kind of doing what they can try to do and just try and salvage something before Alfa Romeo goes away and goes to actually partner with Haas apparently because they're now doing like Alfa Romeo Haas partnership next year which is kind of it's it's kind of weird for me to think about it's very interesting but we'll see how that goes but I feel like right now they're just kind of checked out at the moment if you want to chime in on anything on that Robbie you can if you want to well to Joe's credit he did get a contract extension, so he doesn't have that much to worry about being in P19. But, I mean, That's I had hopes for Alfa Romeo. I did have a lot of hopes for them, but somewhat. I mean, because Joe, yeah. I think, is very talented, and Bolsas has the experience. But, like, yeah. getting – I mean, there's more teams to talk about. But quickly yeah. on them, I mean, you were right. I mean, like, they, I think they just, they've just been disappointed. They're just there yeah. at this point for me. They're just there. Yeah, I was I was with you at I was I was with you at the start of the year where like Joe was I, I thought Joe was one of the more talented drivers on the grid. Like he 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 kind of pulled in those like mini results in there, kind of snuck around in there, kind of like what Alex did last year. But as we've seen this year, Alex is taking that immense leap in that Williams car, and Joe's just gone the opposite direction. So again, not a great showing for Alfa Romeo in today's race, but now we got to go up into Q2 because Q2 was a little interesting. I mean, of course, we talked about Verstappen in P11 and Perez in P13. But three other drivers to mention in this case are Pierre Gasly in P12, Alex Albon in P14, and Yuki Tsunoda in P15. And I don't know, like, it's, it seems like, okay, I mean, sure, Gasly's in there. I mean, that's kind of where he's been most of the season. I mean, it's kind of disappointing that Albon's in P14 when he's been putting in top 10 results in that Williams on a pretty much consistent basis since the latter half of the first half of the season. Um, and then Yuki Tsunoda P15, again, not really what you want to see from a guy like him who's supposed to be that number one guy. And it just seems like other than Nick DeVries in that car, like both Liam Lawson and Daniel Ricciardo have been beating him pretty handedly just to start this year. And I think if you're Alpha Tires higher up, you got to think to yourself, like, if this guy keeps getting beaten by other drivers or bringing in, like there has to be some questions that need to be answered at that point. But I don't know if you want to, do you want to, uh, I mean, if you want to put your insight on that, Robbie, you can. I mean, the only positive other than Albon getting out of Q1 was the, was the new livery from Williams. Yeah. I think that was the only, uh, I think that's, that was their uh, brightest part of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at Sonoda, I kind of feel bad for him because, like I mentioned earlier, Verstappen impeded a fast lap from Sonoda and he had to back out of it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, you get 
I mean, you kind of got to give him a little bit of a, a break there, but yeah, not all inspiring from him. Gasly though wasn't that far out, and mm-hmm. granted, he was. I believe I can do some math here. About one tenth out. So now he he did make a run at it. To be fair, mm-hmm. but I think what caused a lot of problems, and I believe this happened for a couple of the big names. That first sector caused a lot of problems. That happened for Gasly, for Stappen. You talk about Piastri, he had the same problem. Mm-hmm. So some of those cars, the bigger names I just mentioned, really struggled in sector one, and I think that's what caused a lot of the issues. But, man, Albon and Sonoda, I had a hope for Albon. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I thought he, Like I said, I thought he was going to do as good with the new livery. I thought that car was going to do pretty good, like rise to the occasion. And they said, uh, no, just no. We're going to go P14 and P8. And P eighteen with Sergeant in eighteen. So Williams, not that great. I mean, uh Sonoda, not that great, but I think Q three is where the fun like the end of Q two entering Q three was where the fun was. And I think there's a lot to discuss. Let's head there next. Yeah, for sure. I think Q I mean Q3s all year have been chaotic to say the least. I mean, just when you look at all the qualifiers this year, that's where the most fun has had, like you said. But before we get to there, I know you want to get there, but before I decided to mention this quick thing about Albon, right? I feel like hopefully he, he kind of gets a good start off the five red lights and just creates that memeable DRS train that he creates with like the rest of the drivers on the grid and just defend like he's prime Fernando Alonso and just holds guys back. I mean, this guy's been doing it all year, so I wouldn't be surprised if he starts another one again. So anyway, that's our thoughts on Q2. But like Robbie was itching to get to, we got to get some of this stuff in Q3 because there is a lot of interesting stuff. A lot of guys showed up when the Rebels did it. And we'll just quickly go through the order, and then we'll talk about some of the teams that we want to highlight here. Liam Lawson in P10, fantastic drive from him in this qualifying. Nico Hulkenberg, P9, absurd drive from him in the Haas. But wait, there's another Haas in the conversation, too, that we haven't talked about yet. Esteban Ocon, P8. Fernando Alonso, P7. Kevin Magnussen in a P6. When the dude has been knocked out in Q1, on a consistent basis, pretty much 80% of the qualifyings this year, he's been knocked down in Q1, and he gets a P6 in Singapore. Absurd try from him, to say the least. Lewis Hamilton, P5. Lando Norris, P4. Charles Leclerc, P3. George Russell, P2. And for the second straight race, Carlos Sainz is on pole at Singapore. Absolutely absurd qualifying. There's a lot to get into. But I think we got to start with the Scuderia first, because as I said on my radio show last night, I kind of thought that Ferrari had the pace to do it because they did really well in free practice. They had a one, two in free practice and they had a two, three on the podium in last year's race with Checo winning it, of course. So I think when you look at that pedigree and that history, it was kind of destined for science and and Leclerc to do really well in qualifying and perhaps maybe even the race tomorrow. And I just think when you look at, Science's season overall, like this guy has been putting in a lot of pace in that car. I feel like it's only been just in the last few races where Leclerc has really been starting to push it more and really been getting back to his Leclerc aggressive ways. So, uh, Robbie, what are your thoughts on the Scuderia and will they be able to continue to get the job done in the race tomorrow? I mean, for once, you see Ferrari not blowing it. I mean, they've been known for choking leads. They've been known for like selling at times botching strategies the whole shebang and carlos Sainz is really 
going against the narrative. And so is Leclerc. I mean, he's come out. Both of them have come out with a P1 and P3. They both have had solid times throughout the day. And in short, both of them will, will have a chance to win the race tomorrow. Depend. It's like you said, it's the entire race. And I'll say this now will depend on the Verstappen start tomorrow. Yeah. If, say or like if there's like a crash in the first corner, which is very possible that we are asking for. Yeah. I mean, could we see like from years ago when I think it was Vettel or somebody else who just took out everybody? Like there's like yeah. a big crash and I think Vettel was involved when he was still with Ferrari. So listen, I d- I don't remember. I have either Science or Leclerc won here before? I don't think so as far as because this could be the first win here since vettel won vettel's last win wow back in 2019 Mm. since i do not believe there was another winner before that yeah i I don't think ferrari got up there in the top steps so could one of them go up and prove against the narrative for the first time in four years that's the question everyone's gonna have but i'm impressed by them to be Mm -hmm. fair i mean leclerc made a move science made a move they they showed up when Verstappen and Perez didn't. So yeah, let's see. I'm one. I'm interested to see if they can hold on to it tomorrow. That's for sure. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's what the really telltale sign is. Is like as we've seen all year with the narrative of like Ferrari and multiple teams on the grid. Qualifying doesn't matter if you don't get points in the race on Sunday, and I feel like it'll really come down to whether they'll be able to stick it and hold those positions in the race tomorrow. And I thought, I think if you look at how science performed in Monza a couple of weeks ago, he was holding back Verstappen for 15 laps of the race and Verstappen was in P2. Now he's in P11. And if you give science a lot more of an aggressive head start for him to kind of just hold everybody back and really hold Verstappen back, if he does make that big jump, like most people would predict he would, then I think it's, it might be tougher for Verstappen to get past them, especially with the logistics of where everything's at. I mean, 15 laps in Monza and P2 is one thing. When you look at how wide the gap is, like 10, 10 positions back from Verstappen, like, I mean, we could just see Verstappen shoot up the grid within the first 10 laps and be back to the prime goaded Verstappen that we all know and love, love quotations. Um, but I mean, I think I think science could put together a really good performance tomorrow. I could see him really doing his thing and really just trying to get up, get up that grid and do what he needs to do best. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's going to come down to, like I've mentioned before, the first corner, because, Mm -hmm. listen, anything can happen. I mean, with Russell, I mean, who knows with either of them, because both of them, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we haven't seen these two really next to each other. Like we, ha- I remember last year. I think it was um, in Austin where these two like were going to that first like corner and mm-hmm. they collided into each other. And Science got taken out by Russell. Yeah. Hopefully the narrative will be a little bit flipped and Science can actually stay in the race past one yeah. lap. But, uh, listen, it's gonna be a fun turn one. That's all I'm gonna say. You guys should yeah. totally make sure to tune into that race because turn one. Hopefully the entire race will be very interesting with Verstappen out of the picture. Yeah, now I now I really need to set my alarm for 5 a.m. out here in Arizona time because I'm gonna need to get up early. I I'll feel so this. bad for you. I, I feel know. horrible. It's tough, but like for Suzuki next week, I get to watch it at 10 o'clock p.m. when y'all That's have like, like, one a.m. So, that I'm jealous of. So, so that so there, there's, there's, a, there's a there's a bit of a trade off there. There's a bit of a trade off. Yeah. So we'll take that though for sure. But 
I mean, I'm cool with sacrificing some sleep to watch this race tomorrow because if it is anything like we think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you're actually going to see these guys battle it out. And I, I know I mentioned this earlier before, but I feel like we haven't really gotten the chance to see all these teams really battle it out when the spotlight is on them. The spotlight's been on Verstappen and the Red Bull team all year and like all these battles and competitions between the driver's championship and the constructor's championship have been kind of like pulled to the wayside. Now that Verstappen and Perez are where they are in the race tomorrow, you're going to see a lot of these guys in the spotlight and all nine of these teams need to be like, we need to capitalize on these guys' mistakes because you don't know when you're going to have these mistakes come back again because Besides this race, Red Bull have been virtually penalty-free, mistake-free all year in that car. And I really feel like these teams really need to hash out the fact that you need to go put out your best drive of the season. Because, like, there's only so many chances you're going to get to get a good position in this race tomorrow. And I feel like these teams really need to get that going and really get that message to their teams. Like, we need to... We need to get the pit stop right. We need to get great track position. We need to take care of those tires. We need to overtake. If you do all of those four things well and to the best of your ability this year, I mean, there could be some very spicy battles up and down this grid. It should be a lot of fun, but there's still a lot we got to get into. I think we got to get into the other team I talked about on bottom of six last night, the McLaren boys. Lando Norris in P4, respectable. I mean, he he actually did put up like second fastest times before everybody else finished their lap. So you could tell that Lando has the pace. And I think you could tell that Oscar Piastri had the pace, even though he was where he was. Like I mentioned before earlier on, like you look at Piastri and go, this guy could have been in Q2 or Q3 if Stroll hadn't crashed. So I know I'm talking too much, Robbie. You got to, uh, I'll, I'll let you have the floor on this one on the player. You know, Lando is continuing. I mean, I remember it is always draws me back to Miami where they have like t- under 20 points. And I said, I mean, this goes back to everything I said back in Miami. I'm like, they're going to need to turn it around. They're going to need to turn it around quickly. And they kind of have. And granted, you see Lando going up from, I mean, they were getting eliminated in Q1s and Q2s. Now they're at least have had one car in Q3 for a lot of the races down the stretch. And Lando, especially, he, he had a pretty solid day. Granted, he is about two, three tenths off of, I think it's three tenths off of P1. Mm-hmm. So he was in the race, in the hunt the whole day. Mm-hmm. So I think Lando's going to be in the mix tomorrow. He kind of has to be for their team's sake. Uh, Piastri is, um, this is I'm going to reword it like this again. He's going to pull the little Sergio Perez and just go up at the field and would drive over the day, passing everyone. Like, I made that reference. I'm not saying the same reference from a couple episodes ago. So, <laughs> you know I wanted to. You knew I wanted to. But, um, listen, yeah. I think, yeah, she's going to have a field day tomorrow. I think the Red yeah. Bulls and Piastri are going to have a field day tomorrow. Possibly Albon, too, because, like, the couple of big straights but here and there. But, you know. I, you can't c- consider Piastri like being P17. He's like, oh, he's going to do nothing tomorrow. I, I disagree with that. I mean, he's going to make a move. I think he's going to have a good day tomorrow. Lando, I think it's possible that he moves up, but I think he's, I want him, I want him to win. I really want him to win because he's the only, yeah. I think the only driver in the top, the top five, four who don't have a win, who doesn't have a win yet. So yeah. 
I kind of want him to win. I mean, I, I'm never going to forget when they were in Sochi and he and uh, McLaren and himself sold because they didn't want to go to those intermediate tires. Yeah. So, listen, could this be Lando's chance? No idea, but you can't. I'm going to say Lando's off my podium for now, but okay. you, maybe we go into those predictions later. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get into that in a second. Don't worry. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll tease that for now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, but. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of McLaren, like position wise. I, I listen. I already all I know is my predictions from yesterday are totally wrong. That's all I know. Yeah. So I had Verstappen winning the race and getting pole. He got eleven. Yeah. So that's how you, you know I'm accurate on my pot on my personal podcast. But I'm here, <laughs> pretty accurate. So it depends, like what I'm on. Like yeah, it, it's the same with my other shows as well. But I think it's not. I'm not here to talk about my own shows. I'm here to, to just talk about F1. With you, so. I mean, hey, put yeah, your McLaren... plugs in. I put my plugs in. Maybe it's yeah. put your plugs in. <laughs> I mean, when you're yeah, part of a, think... when you're part of a lot of podcasts, you kind of have to at this point. Yeah, you have to. I mean, it, I mean, it's a brain. You got to market yourself. I mean, we're in this exactly. for a reason. So, like, I mean, we got to do a little bit. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> but I think just to your point about the Astro, right? I think he could really ship this grid and get into the points. Like he can really do something special and you could see both McLarens getting into the points at some point. And I feel like, I feel like that's where they're going to be at tomorrow. But that's just me. Um, quickly. Let's talk about Mercedes for a little bit. I mean, Russell P2 Hamilton P5, great drive for both of them really needed it because they haven't really gotten that much success as of late, especially from Russell's case. Cause he hasn't qualified well in the last few races. So to get that from him has been great. I think in my opinion, at least. You know, I should channel my inner Shane here and praise Hamilton real quick, but I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry, mate. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, listen, is it, it's weird for me. I'm disappointed in Hamilton a little bit. Really? I thought, I thought going into this, Mercedes were going to be pretty competent. This is a fun fact from this. He drove the least amount of laps out of people who made Q3. By a couple. And know who was next to him? Liam Lawson was the next slowest. Wow. So the comparison there, Mercedes, I don't know. It's a weird one for me. But, I mean, listen, he almost drove less laps than Verstappen did. Yeah. And he wasn't even in Q3. Yeah. So, granted, Hamilton had a good Q1. I will give him that. He had a decent Q2. Q3, I'm kind of disappointed because I think they could have sent them out for more laps and did do more. But let's say P2 and P5 with Red Bull out of the picture. I don't think Mercedes can really complain, but just me personally, I'm a little disappointed. Maybe one or two spots higher would have made me like I would have been jumping for joy like Shane would. But man, <laughs> I kind of feel there was more too much left out there on the too much on the table that wasn't seen out there on track today. The, the laps thing is just was, when I looked through it this, yeah. this morning, that was the first thing that set me off for sure. Yeah, that that's a very interesting perspective. I didn't I didn't expect that coming in. So we we, we appreciate that over here. We love different perspectives from different people. So we'll take that for sure. Appreciate um, and it. it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then quickly, also we got to get into Haas too. Like I mentioned, P six for K Mag, P nine for Nico Hulkenberg. Like what? Again, like we mentioned before. Like both these guys get knocked out way before Q3. And like this is like Hogenberg's first Q3 appearance in a minute, too, because he used to like rip off like Q3 appearances like it was nothing. And I was calling him one of the better qualifying drivers on the grid. 
And then he kind of had that slump. It was early on in the year when he had like three out of four of them. Um, but yeah, I think I think when you really look at where Hass is right now, like I was shocked to see both H's on the left side of the TV screen because like, wow. Like, I think it was them, Ferrari, and Mercedes were the only three teams to get both drivers in the Q3, which to me is like, should be an achievement if you're Gunther Seiner, because I, I, if you guys have listened to the podcast all the past few weeks, you know that me and Shane and whoever else we bring on, like Robbie, have been a little bit like hesitant to really put the Haas marker down. And, and Shane is like keep, one that keeps stamping down the fact that this team is going to go P10 in the, in the Constructors' Championship. Like, that's absurd to me, but, like, that's just his bias. I can't speak for himself, but, you know, I feel like when you look at their drive today, I think they should definitely be proud of where they're at tomorrow. The question is, will they stick to that? I don't really know, but I don't think they will. But, Robbie, what are your thoughts on Haas, and uh, do you think they will manage to stick it and maybe pull off a miracle at this point? The last time I remembered Haas making Q3 with um, Hulkenberg was, I mean, the last time I remember was Austria. No, I think I, I think it, I think it might have been Austria. Yeah, so it, it might have been because like before that he had like a bunch in like Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, Australia. Yeah, a lot he early ripped on. off a bunch of those early on in the year. Right. So I this is one of my bold picks. Neither Haas is going to get points. I'm going to jump on the Shane train again. I'm going to do it bold. again. It's not bold. It's listen, when it's not bold at all, but listen, when you have two teams in the top two racers in the top ten, you gotta have to think it's a little bit bold, no? But listen, it's a fantastic effort from Haas, but they're gonna repeat the stale narrative and they're gonna have the qualifying pace. The race pace is going to be absolutely garbage. I think they will be highest. I think P9 could maybe be in the picture for K Mag, but I I'm not high on them whatsoever. Yeah. Um, all right, so that was Hass. Now we got before we get into our podium predictions, let's just quickly touch on Liam Lawson because this dude has been putting in some bonkers performances in that Alpha Tari. I think to me at this point, this guy should be in the discussion for that permanent seat in 2024 and possibly the second Red Bull seat in the future next to Max Verstappen. Like, that's how good this guy has been driving. And I feel like the Red Bull higher up should be putting him on his on their list for the next few the next drivers to come into the field and really do their thing. So I had I thought Lawson had a great drive today. Will he again will he stick it? I don't know. But I think he should be really proud of where he is at today. Yeah, I agree. And my big thing, my biggest takeaway from the last couple of races with Lawson is he what he did today should start putting Yuki Sonoda on notice. Yes. It really should. 100%. I mean my Listen, I love Danny Rick. He should be in this in this industry still. Mm-hmm. And with him out qualifying Sonoda in his first race back, and then unfortunately getting injured at Zandvoort. Now you see Lawson, who does better than Sonoda at Singapore. He's done. I think he he's a in a good situation. Mm-hmm. Will we see the Lawson get a seat? I don't know. And the I- reason for that is. You're rushing him. I'm comparing this to what happened with DeVries, where he just jumped in for like a race, and then he did kind of good. And he got that podium, uh, not a podium, he got po- a point in, um, it was Monza from last year. So I think we're kind of in, talking about the same narrative in a way. Mm-hmm. But 
Listen, I like Lawson. It's another one of those Red Bull Academy guys who are just kind of are kind of solid. And listen, there's a lot more Red Bull like Academy drivers. I can go on for about hours with them from F2, F3, and more and more. But listen, I don't got time for that. We only have a couple minutes left. So yeah. listen, Lawson it has impressed me a lot. And it's, and the big thing should be you should really be putting Yuki on notice. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, before we get out of here, let's let's quickly jump into our podium predictions. I already have mine thought out off the rip. So I'm going to get into that real quick. Robbie, you can do your research if you want while I'm talking here for a little bit. So P3, I have Charles Leclerc going P3. Like it is time for this guy to prove that he can stick it and get a podium and get points. This guy has not been racing well all year. Like he's in the best position possible to get a podium. This guy was aggressive all qualifying. You could see where uh, those, those shades of what he was last year. And if that shows in the race tomorrow, he should be in a good position to get a P3. In P2, I have that dude, Lando Norris. This guy is going to prove people wrong. This guy is going to get the job done. He's been speedy. He, Like I said, he got the second fastest um, time before the other drivers got their laps done. Like, this guy proves he's got the pace in that McLaren, and I could think, he get the, I think, I think he'll get the job done. And I will not have Verstappen winning this race. Instead, I have Carlos Sainz holding P1, getting that pull, getting his second win of his career. This guy has been just doing doing the thing all year. If you look at what he did in Mons' uh, last race, it just proves to you that this guy has the aggressiveness, the level to defend, to be aggressive, get overtakes if he needs to, and just hold that P1 and get that second win of his career. So I have Leclerc P3, Norris P2, and Sainz P1. Robbie, what do you got to wrap it up in the last 90 seconds? So P3... I am going with that Dutch guy that no one likes. I have Verstappen P3. And, you know, you, you can never count out Max on a race day. And his overtaking skills and the way he, he can defend as well. You cannot talk about his defense as well. The way he's able to get those elbows out. So I think I have Verstappen P3. He's not going to – he's going to semi-bottle it because he's going to lose his streak. But, listen, I think he'll get it back once again. Uh, P2, uh, I wanted to go with Lando. But, you know – I'm going to stick with not being high on Mercedes. I'm putting Leclerc second because Mercedes is going to bottle it. Listen, it, it's you could always have the narrative of Ferrari bottling it, but they're going to flip the narrative and and there's going to be a Leclerc P2 and P1. I totally agree with you. Carlos Sainz is going to be the man to be tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Spaniard's going to get it done for another. I think it's a second career win. No. Yeah, it's a second, second career win. He second had career win. He's going to get it done. Stone last year, yeah. So. Guys, this one should be a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys for listening. We got to get out of here, and we will see you tomorrow for the race recap at the Marina Bay Circuit at Singapore. Peace, guys.